0: Julian Council over on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I see right now, live here on YouTube, that someone from locked on has gone and changed my graphic to that letter that the website's now called. I'm never going to call it that. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. You can type in twitter.com and get there and then find me at Julian Council and then either at me or DM me to send in your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, which I'm going to do throughout the rest of the regular season on Wednesdays. Then once we get back to the off season in January, it'll go back to the Friday mailbag. But the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian in counsel. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonNFL. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Carolina Panthers, 13. The Indianapolis Colts, 27. On Sunday for the Panthers, it was Bryce Young and the terrible, horrible, no-good very bad day and did Bryce Young pick the worst day to have a bad day and I see logging on here right now as every game I'm live about an hour after the game was promptly eight o'clock live here on the Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel so important that you subscribe and follow the show so you can always check out the live episodes or you can just listen back to it on your podcast feed or watch it over on YouTube but I always put the link out Probably about as soon as the game ends and I can go back and see all the comments and people are on fire. And I appreciate everyone that's in here right now. 49 live viewers here around 8.01 on Sunday, November 5th as the Carolina Panthers fall to 1-7 and seven after that awful game that they just played on Sunday afternoon. And I want to say this. I do not want to make this more than it is. Bryce Young had a bad day. It does not have to be anything more than Bryce Young had a bad day. Now, I understand, and we will discuss the context to why Bryce Young really couldn't afford to have a bad day on this day of all particular days. I totally understand that, and we will discuss that. But really, let's understand, while you may be pretty upset, ready to spit off and fire venom towards Bryce Young and your organization Understand that he had a bad game. That's all it needs to be. He had a bad game. He's a rookie. This was going to happen. He was going to have his ups and downs. Now, did I expect Bryce Young to have a two-pick-six game to the same guy? No. As was mentioned by Kevin Harlan on a CBS broadcast, he only had one-pick-six. Now, the pick-six he threw at Alabama was at a critical time. As he threw a pick six to Keely Ringo, who went down the sidelines, had Kirby Smart jumping this high up in the air, and 41 years of pain and agony and sorrow ended in Athens, Georgia. That's the only time we've seen Bryce Young make that critical mistake, the cardinal sin of football for a quarterback. The only time we've seen that happen. So Bryce Young had a bad day. That's all it needs to be. And Frank Reich really did not want to hear any of the conversation of, oh, hey, you think about putting Andy Dalton there and then having Bryce sit back? What good would that do? How is Bryce going to learn from his mistakes and move forward from this if he's on the sideline and Andy Dalton, who does not have a future here in Carolina, is out there getting meaningful snaps and reps? What sense would that make? It's not going to happen. The organization gave up way too much to go back to Andy Dalton because of a one and seven start and one bad game from Bryce Young. And it's unfortunate because Frank Wright came out and said after the game that the offense took a step backward. No duh, man. The first half was awful, just putrid. And I'm so sick of watching those kind of performances from the Carolina Panthers offense, but it's something that we've all become accustomed to. And we hope that would get better with Bryce Young, Frank Reich and this all-star offensive coaching staff that even with the new play caller still ain't good at all. So it's unfortunate to see that, but again, it was a bad game. Now, we'll go through the picks. And Bryce Young's overall numbers, 24 for 39, 173 yards, touchdown, three interceptions. He was also sacked four times, was under constant pressure from the very beginning of the game. No surprise there. Now The first interception that Bryce Young threw, right before the half, that put Indianapolis up, 20-3. Bryce was facing some pressure. Looked to the left, looked to the right. Threw it out to the flat to Chuba Hubbard late. Something that you do not do, as was mentioned by Trent Green. Yeah, Trent Green, who was on the broadcaster of Harlem. You can't do that. Throws the ball late, gets intercepted. Terrible decision by Bryce Young. You got to either take the sack or just dirt it there and live to fight another down. But he didn't do that, and it led to six points for Indianapolis, plus extra points, seven points, and had the Panthers down by 17 at the half. The second interception, which is probably really the one that killed them more than the first, considering that the Panthers had a little bit of momentum. They were driving down the field. They had those two boneheaded uh, false start penalties that put them in a third and long. Then he finds Hayden Hurst for a 48-yard reception, the longest pass play of the season for the Carolina Panthers. And hey, good to see you, Hayden Hurst finally involved in the offense as he was a leading receiver as far as yardage goes on Sunday afternoon in the loss. But to have pressure again, up your face, when it's a screenplay. So the offensive line is, who's going to allow the rush to come at you? So you have to anticipate that as Bryce, but the rush is in his face. He's not patient enough. He throws the ball, overthrows Miles Sanders. Same guy, takes it back, for a pick 6 Pressure in his face, but Bryce making a bad throw. Then the third interception, again, pressure up the middle. Recurring theme here on Sunday afternoon. Bryce can't step into the throw, throws it over the middle, which he can't really do. And Hayden Hurst doesn't get the ball, gets intercepted, and that's the game. And really, the Panthers are still in it. About five and a half minutes left to go, down by 14, trying to make a comeback. But did you really think the Panthers are going to make a comeback in that game at that point in time? It was 20-10 to when I thought, okay, Okay, here we go. Maybe, maybe something can happen here. Positive for the Carolina Panthers. And while it was Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown and all the Carolina Panthers fans that just had the semblance of hope after last week that, oh, maybe after Atlanta lost today and Tampa lost today, looking at the loss, calling the Panthers aren't that far behind. Well, now they're 1-7, and, and Bryce, yeah, that was bad. So face pressure, but still, you can't throw that ball to the flat to Chuba Hubbard. That's a terrible decision by Bryce. You have to be able to throw a better ball to Miles Sanders or just dirt it. Didn't do that. Another bad decision by Bryce. And then the third one, I mean, whatever. A bad throw, bad decision. All three of the interceptions on Bryce. But as Frank Reich said, you know, you look at the team effort, wasn't great. The offense line played like crap once again. And you wonder if he's facing that kind of pressure, does he make those mistakes? Doesn't really matter whether he would have or not because he did. And that's the situation for the Carolina Panthers. And it feels like every time Bryce Young drops back in this offense this year, he is either evading a sack and running for positive yardage, which he did multiple times again today as he ran for 41 yards, second on the team behind Chuba Hubbard. He's either getting sacked because the O-line didn't protect, or Bryce Young is holding on to the football too long, which is something that he needs to correct. And then occasionally he'll make an outstanding throw like he did last week to Adam Thielen. And then you'll also see the catastrophic play like we saw today with the two pick sixes. And you go back before the half against New Orleans, taking three points off the board where he fumbled when he should have just thrown the ball away. That basically is every drop back. And for whatever reason, I constantly heard this brought up by Kevin Harlan this afternoon. The Panthers are like the fourth most pass heavy offense in the NFL as far as pass plays or run plays. They are a terrible passing offense. Why on God's green earth? Are the Carolina Panthers throwing the ball as much as they are, considering that they cannot protect, and they have a quarterback that has no one to throw to, and in those situations where the offensive line can't protect, he has no one to throw to, he's making terrible decisions like he did today that cost the Carolina Panthers. You look at the score line: 27-13, the defense played well enough to win this football game. The difference... Three turnovers, two of them leading to points directly off those interceptions by Bryce Young. That is the killer for the Carolina Panthers on this Sunday afternoon as they lose this game 27-13 and fall to 1-7 on the season. Now, the reason why this can't just be a bad day for Bryce Young is because of the guy who had a great day, a guy the Carolina Panthers saw last week and played pretty well against last week. That's why... Bryce Young's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day can't just be seen as a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day by a lot of people. Not by me, but a lot of people are always going to compare Bryce Young to CJ Stroud. And looking at what CJ did on Sunday, yeah, you know what? It's kind of hard not to blame him. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. On Locked On Panthers, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. When you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find a qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the co-op over in South End for making this uh, keep-pounding Froze shirt as I move my mic for the YouTube viewers. got 128 of y'all live here with me on a Sunday night following the Panthers, uh, 27-13 to loss to the Colts. Love anyone that makes these kind of shirts. We have the keep-pounding beer shirts that uh, 4001 Yancey makes over there in uh, Loso. Uh, Love those because that's how I feel a lot of time watching these games like in the first half when the offense had 62 yards. Oh, my God. Keep pounding beers, keep pounding Frosés, drink whatever you got around you to numb the pain because yet another awful Sunday by the Carolina Panthers offensively as the defense came out and they played A hell of a game. And that has been a recurring theme over the last couple of years here in Carolina as the offense fails to show up and the defense goes out there, plays their tails off, and typically gets tired. But that was not the case today as the offense was out there, I think, more than the Colts were on Sunday afternoon. But the main storyline is Bryce Young throws three interceptions, two of them going back for a pick six. Uh, He was 24, 39, 173 yards. Is also sacked four times. Each of those interceptions, he faced pressure up the middle. But still, Bryce can't make that throw out to the flat. That late to Chuba Hubbard, which results into a pick six. Also, the throw to Miles Sanders. Understand, there's pressure there. Either dirt the ball or you got to sit there calmly and make sure you make that throw to Miles. Can't overthrow it in the third interception at that point in time. Like, whatever. The game's over anyways. It, it was going to be a false hope drive to try and score kind of like New Orleans on Monday night a couple of weeks ago was... Okay, cool, you just score it, but you're not going to win the game anyway. And that's all that drive is really going to be. So Bryce Young has a bad day. But he picks the worst day to have a bad day because C.J. Stroud, who the Carolina Panthers saw last week, who has uh, the favorites odds over at FanDuel, or sports betting partner here on Locked On, uh, to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, which, come on, man. Obviously, that's going to be the case, especially after his performance today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In a game, I think a lot of people, as Panther fans, should have been happy to see the result but unfortunately the way that the Texans got to the result is likely why you felt a bit of angst going into today and that angst has been elevated even more after the game that Bryce Young had on Sunday afternoon as CJ Stroud threw for 470 yards. God, in five touchdowns and a thrilling comeback win versus Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The 470 yards, um, you already know this by now, it's an NFL record for passing yards by a rookie quarterback. So he broke Andrew Luck's record, broke Cam Newton's record. It's tough to see. It, it, it's tough to see. And I'm not trying to use this. And I don't want to, and that's the thing, like, we are going to wear ourselves out if every single throw Every single week is a referendum on Bryce Young and Tepper and Frank Reich and the organization and their decision to not take C.J. Stroud. I I think it's pretty much said and done at this point in time. We're eight games into the season. C.J. Stroud is having a better rookie season, is going to have a better rookie season than Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud and Texans still have things to play for there in the AFC South, although you know it could be getting late early for them as, I guess, really midway through the season. As Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, like they – probably the best team in the AFC South, but there's a lot of energy and excitement and hope there in Houston. And rightfully so as a Panthers fan, you should be frustrated when you see that knowing that when Frank Reich was asked today by Mike Cave, the Charlotte observer, a friend of the program, Hey, what's the identity of this offense? And Frank's like, I'm not going to sit up here and like, you know, give some sort of, I think he said like a speech or whatever. He said, it's a good question, respect the question, but didn't want to answer it. Like what is the identity of this offense? They come out in the second half, they start running the football, they get down the field, score a touchdown, have a 15-play 77-yard drive. They looked effective. They got people involved in the offense. It was completely different from what they did in the first half and then what they did the remainder of the game. We're still sitting here through nine weeks, eight games, wondering what the hell are they trying to accomplish on offense? So it's frustrating when you see that. You see a quarterback that – is clearly overwhelmed by the lack of protection so overwhelmed that where he has two catastrophic mistakes on Sunday that were the difference in the game now is the whole game on him no these guys got to block they got to give him a chance but they have not done that all year long and you just wonder why are you passing the ball so much when clearly this offensive line cannot protect and when they were at their best as this unit together at least for the five guys that are playing minus Brady Christensen with Calvin Throckmorton in there at left guard they were at their best last year as a downhill rushing attack and you put in Shuba Hubbard because you felt like he was better suited to be a part of a downhill rushing attack but yet you're still dropping back the fourth most out of any team in the NFL compared to the amount of times you're running the football I just don't understand what they're trying to do So, when you look at the fact that they have no identity on offense, Bryce has a bad day, CJ Stroud sets an NFL record, yeah, I understand why people are pissed off and are really questioning what is going on here in Carolina. You feel good after one week. They didn't look good on offense. We talked about it last week. All right, yeah. They didn't look good, but they got it done when it mattered most. And at that point in time, you hope you can build off of the momentum, go into the next week. And they put up 62 yards in the first half, had five first downs. That was what they did to build off of the momentum they built from last week. Like, that sucks to see. And then you see Houston with D'Amico Ryans, who could have been the head coach here, if David Tepper wasn't so hell-bent on getting an offensive coach. He could have been here. The Panthers could have taken Stroud whether they had D'Amico Ryans or not, but they wanted Bryce Young. And I'm not saying that I'm giving up on Bryce Young, That's it's time to move off of Bryce Young. I'm just having a conversation that I feel like is worth having today just looking at the way Bryce played and what happened with C.J. Stroud and knowing that these two guys forever will be linked. And it was nice for a week to think that, okay, all right, Bryce played well last week, outplayed C.J., the Panthers going to win. Maybe we can put that Stroud versus Young stuff to bed for a week. And then Bryce has the worst game of his career at the worst time to have it. Just knowing what happened this afternoon down in Houston, Texas. So yeah, we'll see what it, what happens. It's still, again, only really needs to be Bryce Young had a bad day. We have a long way to go to find out whether the Panthers truly made a mistake. And right now, yeah, it looks like the Panthers truly made a mistake. But le- let me remind you, though, who's the guy who wanted Bryce Young? Who's the guy who hired Matt Rule? who hired Frank Reich instead of Steve Wilkes, who brought Scott Fitterer, who kept Marty Herney for a year too long, who forced Teddy Ridgewater out so they could bring in Sam Darnold and not failed. Who's the guy who hired a soccer coach, then after 14 matches sacked him and then replaced him with another guy who hasn't really done all that great for Charlotte FC either? Who's the guy that hired Nick Kelly, who was this up-and-coming sports business insider guy as far as as a president for the team that mysteriously left? Who's the guy who did all those decisions? Who's the guy who couldn't make things happen with the practice facility there in Rock Hill? It's David Tepper. All the problems the Carolina Panthers have lead back to David Tepper. So you can look at the quarterback decision. You will be upset about it. You can blame Bryce. You can blame the coaching staff. But understand, the guy who shoehorn Bryce Young here in Charlotte is David Tepper. So hopefully it works out. I want it to work out because I like Bryce Young and I... It sucks to have this immense pressure and have one of your best buddies out there balling out in Houston, have that whole town feeling great, and in the town you're in feeling pretty down about you and your organization off of your worst professional day, and maybe one of the worst days he's had his football life, while C.J. Stroud just had one of the best days of his football life simultaneously. So yeah, David Tepper's a problem, y'all. So hopefully Bryce can figure it out. I still think he can be something here in Carolina. I have questions about this staff and the constructionist roster, and whether there needs to be an overhaul. But then again, it comes back to, well, damn, if you do that, that means David Tepper has to hire another coach. And he already failed at that once, maybe twice. Damn, David Tepper's got to hire another general manager. He already failed at that. Damn, hmm, this guy never gets anything right. So, I don't know, hopefully this one works instead of trying to go and find someone new. But maybe that's what it ends up being. Panthers are one and 7 Bryce had a bad day. CJ had a great day. And here we are once again talking about a Carolina Panthers loss as they fall as 27-13 to, to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. Hey, they got a short week, though. Head up to Chicago. They stink. Maybe the Panthers can win. Or maybe it'll be DJ Moore having a big game. And that will be yet another referendum on this organization. But we can get into that later on here on the show We'll take a quick pause and come back and review the three keys to victory. And by the way, the Panthers did not do well with those three keys yet again. Uh, We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, that could be you. Get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. And folks, listen to me right now. You can win. $150 $150 in bonus bets with a $5 money line bet. The Carolina Panthers have covered the spread one time this season. When it comes to money line, do not, you know, don't do that either. Don't do it. Don't bet on them. Bet on somebody like the Chiefs. That's $150 if your team wins. Don't bet on this team. I'm trying to help you make some money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than right now with the NFL going on, with college football. You got WNBA is gone. Yeah. Women's college basketball coming up. You got college basketball thing starts on Monday. You got all this stuff going on. So go out there. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders and more. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Even though we're halfway through Vandal, official partner of the NFL.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
0: All right, every Friday I go over my three keys of victory for the Carolina Panthers in their upcoming game. There will be no three keys of victory victory uh, this coming week as, um, you know, we will not have a Friday show for that because it will be a reaction show. We'll have the crossover for Thursday, so no keys. They don't even do a good job at them anyway, so. All right, but uh, let's go over the keys and how the Panthers did as they lose 27-13 to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday at home. Number one was to build off of the uh, offensive momentum from last week, and we know how that went. Uh, The Colts defense has been depleted by injuries all season long. They they came into the game giving up the most points in the NFL, and they were also, you know, bottom of the league and scoring in all types of defensive uh, categories. They were giving up twenty, their 25th in passing defense, 23rd in rushing defense. Zaire Franklin, who was their best linebacker. They also have Shaq Leonard on the team, which is crazy. There's another guy out there who's just as good as him. He was inactive today with a knee injury. He leads the NFL in tackles. Only guy in the NFL who came to today with 100-plus tackles. And the Panthers there in the first half had 62 total yards of offense. Um, 29 plays, 2.1 yards per play. Putrid. Five first downs. They had eight passing yards. In in the NFL, they subtract um, passing yardage from your, like, when you get sacked, whatever the sack yardage lost, they subtract that from your passing yardage. So they had eight passing yards in the first half, even though Bryce Young was 7-14 for 35 yards. Interception. Got sacked three times. Had a 26.5 rating. So, yeah, it's 27 sack yardage there. So that's not great. Uh, The first half drive chart for the offense was punt. On three plays, so three and out there. Punt, uh, another three and out. Now, they got lucky. Uh, Indianapolis muffed the punt, and then the Panthers went five plays and punted again. Uh, then they had another three and out. They got a field goal after a long Raheem Blackshear kick return. That was nine plays. Ended up a field goal. and interception, six plays. And that, of course, was uh, a pick six. The first up two for Bryce Young. Then the end of the half, of course, ended um, with a sack. So the Panthers punt, 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 punt. Field goal interception, end of the half, ending with a sack. They did not carry over the momentum. They looked better in that opening drive in the second half. The offense looked obviously way better in the second half. Not quite sure what they went in there and discussed, but they got the running game going there, and then just turnovers happened, the failure to protect. Just Adam Thielen didn't even have a good game, was not even targeted all that often. Uh, still did not see much out of the offensive passing game. And, well, that's there you go. Thomas Brown took over play calling. But one thing he cannot change is the fact that Bryce Young is still a rookie who's going to have days like he had today, hopefully not any more of them moving forward this season. But he needs to learn through the ups and downs. It's going to happen and doesn't need to be anything more than Bryce had a bad day. Understanding that, yeah, CJ was great. I get it. Bryce had a bad day. We move on. Hopefully he plays better on Thursday against Chicago because Lord knows he needs to and the Panthers need him to because the only thing that really matters the rest of the year is his development, but also Thomas Brown working with him and how Thomas Brown developed into a Play caller and hopefully is able to establish some semblance of an identity for this offense this year. But Thomas Brown, he hasn't been able to fix the fact that the offensive line still can't protect, that the running game is hit or miss. The receivers still can't get open. So, yeah, changing play callers has changed so much for the Carolina Panthers over the last two weeks. So I, was, I hope everyone's happy that this is the case. I thought it was the right decision because you got to do something, and the only thing that really matters is the future. And if Tommy is going to be a play caller eventually, go ahead, let him be play caller. Not going to change the fact that the talent that you have around Bryce Young is terrible and his team's no good. But, hey, you know, I guess it made people feel warm and fuzzy for about 10 seconds. Uh, number two was the force Gardner Minshew to beat you. I thought the Panthers actually did a good job. The defense played well. Gardner Minshew came to this game having five interceptions and four fumbles, nine turnovers in the previous three games where the Colts lost all three of those games. Uh, Indianapolis came into the game. Ninth in the NFL in rushing yards. So it was really stopping Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. They also had 12 touchdowns, which was fourth most in the league on the ground. The Panthers not great against the run. Uh, they were giving up. They are 26 against the run. They are allowing 4.7 yards per carry, which was 28th, heading into Sunday. Minshew was 17 to 26, 127 yards and a touchdown. Didn't put the ball in harm's way. He was an effective backup quarterback, game manager. Like that's what backups do. What Gardner Minshew did, that's all you ever ask from a backup quarterback. Anyone who asks, who anyone who freaks out when a backup quarterback does something like that and thinks, "Oh man, maybe this guy is the answer, is an idiot." Uh, Jonathan Taylor had 18 carries for 47 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. Zach Moss, 7 carries, 26 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. The Panthers did a great job Uh, against Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Frank Reich knows how good Jonathan Taylor is. He said part of the reason why he's no longer the Colts coach anymore is because Jonathan Taylor got injured and they couldn't run the football. I think more of it is that Jim Ursay is crazy and you had so many quarterbacks and that kind of led to your demise. Uh, But the Colts only rushed for 81 yards and 27 carries, uh, 3-point yards per carry, 3.0 yards per carry. Those are the numbers before the kneel down. Um, overall the Colts had 198 yards. Yet again, the Panthers' defense finds a way to hold an opponent under 200 yards, and the Panthers lose. Like, I think this has now happened three times. I think it happened with Atlanta week one, happened today, and then happened like, some other time. I think. Well, maybe it was last week and they actually won the game. I can't remember. Either way, just you can't ask too much of that defense. Frankie Lou was all over the place again. Derek Brown played a great game. They went out there. And they played their asses off. But the two interceptions, uh, the offense and ineptitude, that led to the loss. And, well, number three was to win the turnover battle. Both these teams entered the game at minus two turnover differential. Uh, a great graphic by CBS. In losses, the Colts had a turnover differential of minus six with 13 giveaways. Uh, in wins, they had a plus four turnover differential with zero turnovers. They had their first turnover in a win today. Um, and, of course, the Panthers, three turnovers today the Colts defense came into the game of 11 takeaways they now have 14 the Panthers came in the game with six takeaways I don't even know really you can credit the defense but I'm sure they do because that's how special teams uh kind of stats will work so the defense now has seven even though it was just Isaiah McKenzie catch the ball man what are you doing And 14 points off turnovers. We talked about it going to the Lions game. How the Lions were a team that had turned their takeaways into seven points, and the Panthers were a team that seemingly every time they turned the ball over, their opponents scored a touchdown. Defense has not been great in sudden change, but this is not on the defense today. This is on Bryce Young and the offensive line and the decision making that he made and their inability to protect him and just you know the overall offensive failure that we've seen week after week after week after week for years after year after year here in Carolina and the Panthers had a chance with the muff punt couldn't turn into points story of the day yet again here in Carolina and the, the penalties killed them there were a couple that were questionable like um but they have, the, they have the offsides. That was just dumb. The Colts about to punt, and you're lined up offsides. How does that happen? Then later on in that drive, this is the first uh, scoring drive for the Colts. So they had the field goal. Troy Hill gets called for an unnecessary roughness on Gardner Minshew, who slid. It looked like Minshew also was going to be short of the first down on that slide. But Troy Hill doesn't even hit him in the head. It's one of the things where you got to be more disciplined and not even go after him like that. But also, there's no penalty there. That's... Unfortunate, But the Panthers are a team that are heavily penalized, usually on offense. But officials know that. And when officials know that you're an undisciplined football team, well, you get the kind of calls that undisciplined football teams get, unfavorable ones. Xavier Woods got called for unnecessary roughness, uh, for lighting up. Michael Pittman over the middle. He launched at him and hit him in his chest. On first review, when I saw it live, I was like, yeah, that's going to be a penalty. They don't want that in football. But when you look at it on the replay, you got hit in the chest. And Frank Rikers asked about it, said, yeah, he, he's got to go back and watch it. And if it's launching, that's not a penalty. If you launch him in the head or neck area, then it is. And we saw it. Gene Steratore said, well, he didn't really say either way. He said, yeah, it looks like more of the chest. Didn't really let us know whether that should have been a penalty or not. It's just one of those things where Xavier Woods just kind of got to put his – as I'm as you're watching me, he's just got to, you know, kind of turtle up, have the guy come over and hit him square in, in I don't know, in like the, the stomach region and maybe he'll drop it. I, don't know what defensive player is supposed to do. That's another bad luck uh, call for the Panthers, and that led to a touchdown two plays later. They had the rough in the pass on Derek Brown. that extended a drive um, back when the Panthers were trying to make a false hope run. Didn't really amount to anything, and they came to the A. They came into the game, excuse me, uh, with the second most false start penalties in the NFL. They had three again, just just comical. The, the amount of penalties. Uh, there was one positive, though. Uh, I thought the Panthers ran the ball fairly well 28 carries for 138 yards. Miles Sanders, Kevin Harlan just let everyone reminded everyone that he has been underwhelming multiple times on the broadcast tonight. Uh, but Sanders, six carries for 39 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. Entered the game only averaging 3.0 yards per carry. Had a couple of receptions. I think it was three receptions for 22 yards. By far his best game as a Carolina Panther. Didn't really matter. Uh, but good to see Miles Sanders. Have more of an impact? Will that carry on moving forward? We'll see. But I had to find some sort of positive aside from the defense played well and they were let down by the offense once again. So, yeah, tough day. Tough day for the Carolina Panthers. Tough day for your boy having to watch that nonsense again. Come up here and talk about it with you all. But I appreciate the 137 of you that are live with me and all the folks that have come and gone here throughout the show here on Locked on Panthers. Again, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Panthers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, hosted by yours Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe, or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And be sure to follow me over on Twitter, not whatever that says down there. And I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions if you at me or DM me with those questions. So I'm going to be doing it again on Wednesday. So send those questions in to me now. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday. If you're looking for
1: the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.